Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. Uh, uh, it's a PHNX Suns podcast. I broke Gerald. I got him. I got him. I am not oh, Lindsey Smith, as you can tell by this rough start to the show. I'm Aspo, joined with Saul and Gerald. Gentlemen. PHNX Suns podcast, otherwise known as a dumpster fire. <laughs> wasn't ready. My, my freestyle rap just ain't that good. I'm sorry. <laughs> How are you guys today? That was the understatement of the year. We good? I'm good. Yeah. All right. Great. <laughs> yeah. This is this is just spectacular. <laughs> we got plenty to talk about today, but one place I want to start, because everybody loves talking about this kind of stuff, is ownership news. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or kind of one name that isn't going to be on the list anymore. Today on the Bill Simmons podcast, uh, Mr. Simmons, who the show's named after, had a little tidbit about one Bob Iger who wanted to be the newest Suns owner. As we always heard his name floated around for different things, like would he be involved with the Rams or the Chargers? Well, that didn't happen. Would he be involved maybe with the Phoenix Suns? That seemed to be the 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 latest thing that people were throwing his name. Oh, Iger's got a group. I know, and maybe I'm reporting this, but I know that Robert Sarver, the Suns owner, said flat out, I'm not selling the team to Iger or any group that has Iger because he blamed Iger for the Disney, for the uh, ESPN story that took down Sarver and, and led to him having to sell the team. So I think once oh, that wow, was out there. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. How about that? A little nugget for you. I'm I'm playing in your, I'm swimming in your pool. Yeah. I think Sarver genuinely blamed him for that piece and was like, I'm not selling to this guy. So I think once Iger realized that he didn't have a chance at the Suns, maybe that heated up the Disney thing. But I also think, I think once you leave your dream job and you think you can still do it, that has to be tough for him too, right? So Bob Iger surprisingly announced as the new old CEO of Disney on Sunday night. But I found this very interesting because he had been one of the early names mentioned as, as being part of an ownership group with the Suns as as far back as last November, I believe it was, long before the team was actually for sale. Sounds like he's not going to have any opportunity whatsoever due to spite. Yeah, he had uh, he led one of the biggest growths in Disney history. Um, from I think I believe 2005 to like 2020, 21, um, and obviously led the streaming part of things. The revenue was it was at an all time high, um, so I, I can understand why people were excited about the the potential that he would be the one to take over. But 
Ah, we forgot about <laughs> that guy, right? The the how how you always the disgraced, put it, the disgraced future former, former future owner, former owner right, of, the, of the Suns, uh, and how petty and how bitter he still is um, at, at this. And listen, I think Sarver is going to do his very best and. I mean, I don't think I'm really sugarcoating this at all. I think he's going to do his very best to get somebody in to the frame that he thinks is going to do a worse job than him. <laughs> Satan online wrong. I mean, <laughs> tell, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm. Tell me you don't think that because it's a vanity play for him. Oh yeah. You know, and he wants to be like, see, if I was still there, we'd have gone back to the finals again. Um, and he wants this place to become a dumpster fire after he's gone. But the NBA would never allow that. They Who would be worse? What, is Dan Snyder calling? Is James Dolan going to go, I don't want the Knicks anymore? Can I have the Suns? Like, I, knock on wood. Who the hell would be worse? Again, the, mm. the NBA would have to sign off on whoever yeah. came in. And if they if somebody came with a lot of baggage, they're not getting this gig. Here comes Elon Musk, one dumpster fire oh, for another. Jesus. <laughs> hey, if he pays $44 billion for the Suns, I'd be pretty god. impressed. Oh, God. Um, yeah, no, it's that's unfortunate. I think we all knew that Elon would, would take the team and then cut half the guys right off the bat. <laughs> Booker, you, TA, we don't need you. Let's cut some cops you, around here. You only need five guys. Over. What do you need 15 for? We'll go five. Lord help and us. And then the fans can pay $8 a month to ride the bench. It's fine. Oh, Lord help us. Yeah, um, that's unfortunate because I know Bob Iger was a guy that was at the top of a lot of our lists as far as a potential owner who might actually do a good job. Um, obviously, a lot of these billionaires that we're going to be talking about all come with a checkered past of some point of some sort like they've all got things that you know you make a lot of money there's chances are you've done something bad at some point but like i don't know it, it's unfortunate we knew his net worth wasn't that extensive so he'd have yeah. to be kind of at the front of, of a something. bigger ownership group uh but if this is true it's not going to matter who he attaches to it it's sarver's going to see that name and be like no but yeah. to to be a guy like him, you'd imagine he could have attracted a lot of large name, wealthy people yeah, yeah. to be part of a group. I don't think that would have been a problem. And I won't lie. The first thing I thought when I heard he was going back to Disney was, mm-hmm, he didn't have enough money by himself, but with the power <laughs> of Disney behind him. And then I heard Simmons. I was like, yeah, that makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah. So, I, I mean, again, like we got to be clear here. This was never just a Bob Iger himself play. No. Like, mm-hmm. yes, his net worth is around $800 million. So he would have had to bring some other uh, people into the fold. But with his reputation um, and how he handled Disney um, uh, after the, the the former CEO, which his name is escaping me, but he's very popular too, um, uh, Eisner. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he just carried on a tradition, made some shrewd moves, Got Disney, um, you know, into the technical space in terms of streaming uh, far ahead of a lot of other companies. And listen, I mean, Disney has a great reputation. Uh, it took a hit in the year he was gone. And and I know this because my wife is obviously a big <laughs> Disney nerd and she fills me in on all this stuff. Uh-huh. So it kind of worked out to my advantage. Finally, there you go. Disney finally paid off. And <laughs> again, I think that's why people might have been a little bit excited about his potential stake in an ownership group. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to come. Can we move away from the Bob Iger part of this, though? Sure. I want to talk mm-hmm. about the disgraced uh, future former owner part of this. How petty is this? Not... I did something wrong. I want to blame the guy whose company and somebody lower down in that company wrote an article about the shit I did that got me in trouble. 
I don't want this guy to own the team. It's not, there's no ever any real culpability, any real, oh, I did something wrong. It's blame the other guy. Well, look, you, I mean, this is going to shock you. I'm a stickler for the rules. So it upsets (laughs) me that he's even having any influence on this at all, because technically speaking, he's supposed to be suspended and away from this. We know that's probably not what's actually happening. So it doesn't surprise me. It is an unfortunate thing. Like you knew as soon as they, took his team away from him that he was going to go out like this in any way, shape or form that he could and be as petty about it as possible. But, so but I, I do want to clear something up and maybe you can help me with this. Maybe I'm missing mm-hmm. something, but yes, he's suspended from the team and he can't have any team involvement, but I don't think that precludes him from uh, uh, researching or taking interests uh, in terms of selling the franchise. I think that's what the NBA wants him to do. That's why they were, they were um, supportive in his decision to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this prevents anything. I know the suspension is – I felt like the suspension was more in-house, basketball day-to-day, mm-hmm. being around the team, being at games and things of that nature. But in terms of externally and selling the team, you have to have Sarver involved. How would you not be able to? But technically, right. he was suspended from business side operations as well, which this would be part of – those decisions, but I think the league is like, look, if you're going to get out, you you're going to be a part of deciding yeah. what offers accepted. Well, it's I think it was more business operations. Yeah, I don't I necessarily think. think selling the franchise would be part of that. So I can't um, imagine. I mean, that would because then we'd be on yeah. pause for a year. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to do anything because yeah. he's ultimately he's got to sign off, and if he doesn't talk to a single person through this whole thing, well, uh, Bob, uh, we're just going to wait until December of next year, and then we'll <laughs> sign on the dotted line. Well, yeah. We I'm just good, need your thanks. fingerprint on your little house arrest son's logo. Son's logo house arrest. We'll we'll uh, we'll undo that anklet, and you can come over <laughs> to the bank and, uh, and right. sign all this. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I All of a get, sudden, Sarver's in Shawshank. I, I love it. <laughs> I get, I get the idea that you know, he, I get why he'd be petty mm-hmm. in this. But man, Iger with his pedigree, everything that that or not, most things that were said about him as a CEO, as a leader, that felt like the kind of person you'd want at the top. Now, I still want Lorraine Jobs. That's still who I'm holding out for. I think she would be great as the new owner here and has the capital to do it. But Iger was close to my, top of my list too. Yeah. I, I, I don't really know who I necessarily am excited about because again, I think a lot of these people that are interested outside of like the Bezos's of the world um, are going to have an ownership group around them. And I don't know who's going to be part of that ownership group. So you might like somebody that's at the head or the face of that ownership group, but there might be three or four other individuals that you're like, oh my gosh, I'd rather uh, not. You know, so mm-hmm. I, again, I think this is all. We still got a long way to go on this. I haven't heard any other rumors besides, Mm-mm. you know, the Igers and the, and the Jobs of the world. So, well, and we heard that Barack Obama one from Simmons <laughs> as well. Uh, again, who squashed Sim- it? Well. He said he hadn't talked to Michelle about it yet. That doesn't mean he, he won't eventually. But the sons are looking good. Listen, I know on firsthand experience, if I ask somebody, hey, you want to go do this? And they say, I got to check my with my wife. That means they're out. Okay. And Why I know I this because like this- I work with this guy. <laughs> it's not true. Some, 
sometimes I just lie because I don't want to do it. So. I know. I know. That's, that's my point. Uh, any final thoughts on, on the ownership side of things here? Any no. anything we I, else we can read from this? I, I think Joel in the in the comments brings up the larger point. At least we're getting Sarver out. But yes, it would be nice if he could sell to someone who wasn't going to make him look good by comparison. So hopefully that's not where we're heading. I think we're just headed towards whoever's going to offer the most money, but you never know. Like a guy like that, he's definitely not going to sell to a guy that the fan base is happy about because he's pissed at the whole situation. Well, I think Saul brought up a good point though. The NBA isn't going to allow somebody else that's going to be immensely problematic into this. So if Sarver chooses a group, they'll say, we're not going to vote to to you know, approve that sale, uh, you're going to have to find somebody else. I don't know if I agree with that. I think if somebody comes in with a five or six billion dollar offer, they're not going to give a shit who it is, mm. and that's what worries me. I I, I think I, I don't know. In this day of an age of bad ownership groups um, leading teams, like for instance, uh, what's happening out in Washington with Dan Snyder, right? What's what's happened now twice in the NBA in the last decade with now Sarver and um, Donald Sterling, like you have to be careful. You have to be careful because yeah, you might make an extra billion dollars, but you might also cost yourself an extra billion dollars in terms of advertising um, and revenue streams that on the back end. end. So Mm -hmm. I I think the NBA is going to do their very best. And and again, like the NBA um, for the most part has prided itself on trying to do the right thing and, and being, um, you know, uh, uh, an advocate for, uh, you know, social injustice and things of that nature. Um, so to bring in somebody who would counteract that just doesn't seem prudent. So mm-hmm. I, I, I have trust that the NBA is going to vet whoever it is. Um, but that trust is probably at like a 70%. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have one name that I think would be great at this, that I am I don't have in. enough money, yes. Well, I am sorry. all in on, it's actually me. Oh. I'm and I have ready. a plan on how to get the cash. Oh, You're going to get rid of the turquoise versus jerseys first. No, I won't. I actually am I'm all in <laughs> on those flipped. now. I have flipped. I would get rid of the white and purple and give something new to the people. But you want to know what my plan is? What's that? I'm going to spend lots of money at the Underdog Fantasy oh, app on the pickums. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna get one of those 20-time multipliers by picking... Uh, five different athletes, uh, you know, higher or lower, mm-hmm. and and then I'm gonna just keep rolling that forward until I get to five billion. So go. I'll see you in about 20 years, but I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> and if you want to get in on the Underdog uh, Daily Fantasy app, uh, go to UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app. Sign up using promo code PHNX, and they will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars, no questions asked. I love uh, I love this app not just because of the pick'em, but the daily fantasy because as I'm proving in the company fantasy football league, I lose attention to detail after a while on Mm. something like that. So like six weeks in, it just starts to go down. So if I just have to worry about one night and picking a game for fantasy, I'm much better at it. So. I, I thought you were going to say like you were dominating in fantasy or something. I was like, wait, no, you're not. No, like I'm good <laughs> out the gate. And then I just, I, I crap the bed because I'll forget a week to look at my lineup, oh my whatever the case may be. And I'm just not trying to go to Waffle House, man. That's that's <laughs> kept me dedicated the whole season. <laughs> but with underdog fantasy, you don't have to worry about that. One day, same day, same game. It's sitting there. You can pick a, pick your team, go up against your friends. It's great. I love it. I know you guys too, do too. So download that Underdog Fantasy app. Use that code P 
PHNX and get a deposit up to $100 matched when you start out there. And then, you know, our friends over at Four Peaks, we had quite the entertaining wow. day when it came to Four Peaks. Mm-hmm. Over 150 people RSVP'd for our, our World Cup watch party out there to watch USA and Wales tie. I still don't understand how in a major event you can tie, but apparently you can in soccer. But that didn't stop everybody out there from having a good old time. We don't dissuade people from watching not, the game and coming out I'm not, to yeah. have a good time. Because one idiot says something like that, it's going to dissuade the most popular uh, game in the there's world. There's a lot of idiots that say a bunch of stupid shit, and some of them are are pretty highly thought of by a segment of this country. Well, so, uh. This idiot ain't going to stop you because I'm, I actually enjoyed the game. You can enjoy it out you at sh- Four Peaks You should have seen the, the crowd. Like, cool. Look at our social. Mm-hmm. It was a packed house. And I tell you what, and uh, if you can't go to a sporting event, which a lot of us cannot, um, holy shit, this is the next best thing. It, it felt like you were there. Um, at USA Chance, everybody was having a blast. Uh, Chris is in the chat. She said it was so much fun. You got to come check it out. Tomorrow is a morning game, Mexico. Um, that'll be fun. But, man, it's yeah. it's, it's a good time. It, it is a good time. And guess what? You can drink beer while watching the game out there. At Four Peaks, you can get $3 specials on Wow Wheat and Kilt Lifter. It is a fun time. We highly recommend you get out there. You can look for the, uh, the Eventbrite link in on our social and uh in the description to this show as well get out there for our next watch party tomorrow morning next i want to get into gerald you wrote a really great article today about the current starting lineup with some of these injuries starting to find a rhythm i tell the people a little bit about it and let's talk about it yeah the one thing that stood out to me is the fact that obviously you know at 10 and 6 this team is not taking the league by storm like we saw last year and injuries are a big part of that. They're missing Chris Paul and Cam and Cam Johnson. And for a lot of teams, like missing two guys plus three, if you include Crowder, would be enough to kind of backslide. And we've seen a little bit of that. We saw the Orlando game. They just weren't competitive. The Heat game lost by one. Jazz game lost by one. And these are areas that they kind of thrived, especially in the crunch last year. But they are learning to start games and finish games with a totally new starting five guys that weren't often in that position campaign was a little bit last year. Um, but Tory Craig was kind of maybe a couple of starts spot starts last year. And it just kind of struck me that like, okay, you're missing cam Johnson. They're missing Jay Crowder at the four spot. Their third four is the guy who's now starting and he's having a tremendous season so far. Like he's been really good. He's been good defensively. He's been cutting. He's been a maniac attacking the offensive glass. Like we've talked about, and the three-point shooting, I think he's shooting 42% from three. Like, he's just been really good, and and we can talk about him and campaign a little bit, but um, I, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on what has stood out because the first quarter defense has been a problem, and that's been an mm-hmm. adjustment for the starting five. But it seems like that Knicks game, at least, was a step back in the right direction. I think the biggest thing that I would take away is that um, campaign and Torrey Craig are have bounced back. And I know... You know, campaign likes to think that statistically he wasn't that bad last year, um, but the numbers say otherwise. Um, and I know a, a bounce back is it w- was a big deal, mm-hmm. not only for him but also for this team because they need him to thrive at a high level uh, to offset 
some of the games that Chris Paul's not gonna not gonna play in. And that was kind of the theme going into the season is like give Chris Paul some more rest. Uh however that should come about, whether by injury or by actual just benching him for for minutes and stretches. So I appreciate the fact that campaign put a lot of effort into into bouncing back. But Tory Craig to me has been low key phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um his effort, uh his energy he gives uh, the Suns multiple second chance opportunities, even after you think, okay, well, they secured the rebound, they're moving the other way, then he'll get a steal or he'll deflect a pass or whatever. Torrey Craig's effort, um, for those two guys specifically, they have so much more influence than people realize in terms of their energy and what that energy gives off to the rest of the team. It really keeps them going. Um, and, and honestly, a, a reason why they even are 10 and 6 right now, because without those two, uh, I know we like to talk about Cam Johnson and Chris Paul, but without those two being in this lineup right now, they would probably be below 500. Uh, Torrey Craig is is where I'm at. We worried when Cam Johnson went out, where's the three point shooting going to come from? Uh, in general, we've we've worried about that for the Suns, and you know Torrey has come out, and it's not just the corner. He's mm-hmm. hit him from the top, you know, from the elbow. He's hit his three pointers at a, at the highest clip of his career and that has been the most impressive thing for me and we never we've never denied his heart or hustle even when he struggled shooting last year you knew when Tory Craig was in there for minutes he was going to hustle and get you things so for for a guy that that really like you said coming into this year was going to be the third power forward he's been amazing as a as a starter uh hello just to answer your question real quick he, uh, they're asking, how can we be missing three starters while well, three starters are still playing? Right. That's not math, Girth. <laughs> right. Make the math math. Right. So to make the math math, I should have clarified, not starters, but starting caliber players. Because if Cam Johnson goes down with that meniscus tear and Jay Crowder is actually in the building, guess what? You still have a starting caliber guy. With him gone, you're missing three guys that could be starting for you depending on how you want to look at Jay should have been starting or Cam's injured, whatever. You and technically, we don't know if Jay would have sat the bench or started because we never got that opportunity, even though we kind of know we know. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so basically we're saying last year they had six starters is what we're exactly. saying. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of – it's funny, but Monty has always talked about Cam Johnson as like we view him as a starter that happens to come off the bench and that's a luxury for us. So I'm sure he would have said the same thing about Jay if Jay were around. Um, but yeah, going back to Tory real quick, he ranks 169th in total minutes so far this season, nice. but he is tied for 41st in total offensive rebounds. So he's a guy that despite the fact that, you know, he was in this in off coming off the bench. Now he's in the starting lineup. He's getting more minutes now. But he hasn't had as many minutes as a lot of these guys, and he is crashing like a madman when that ball goes up. And he's a huge part of the reason, him and D.A., why the Suns are eighth in offensive rebounds per game, which is something they have not typically done well. Yeah, I, Boosty in the chat says, is Jay starting caliber or does he just think he is? I'm a little worried this is one of Jay's burners account, burner accounts and he's just <laughs> trying to know where we sit He's on trying to out people. <laughs> no, he, he's still starting caliber. I think you look at last year – that starting five was one of the best starting fives in basketball. Like they were an elite unit. Um, and obviously in the playoffs that didn't hold up and Jay was inconsistent. The Pelican series, he was awful. The Mavs series, he was great, but I do still think he's a starting caliber player. I just think the move this season would have been to put the better starting four ahead of him. Yeah. I, the thing that since this starting lineup's kind of been reshuffled due to 
injury, they've been inconsistent, though. I think that's fair to say, yes. right? Yeah, and, and like you look at their net rating overall, I think they're a minus 17.5, that five-man group, the starting lineup. Um, and a lot of it has been because of like games like the Utah game where they give up 42 points in the first quarter. There's a bunch of defensive miscommunications, and that's something that they had to work through. Monty said they made a point, made it a point of emphasis, and Book was saying, yeah, when they come to us in the meetings with like this is what we need to focus on, we're usually pretty good the next game about actually implementing it. And we saw it against the Knicks because it was only 22 points on like 36% shooting. They were really good defensively. They locked in. Um, and they got games off on the right foot when they've been able to do that. They haven't had to dig themselves out of holes, which when you're down Chris Paul and Cam Johnson is a little harder. What's weird to me, though, is the defense has taken such a hit. But when I think campaign, when I think Chris Paul, I don't think that those are, are, are the core of the Suns defense. So mm-hmm. I, I found it a little weird that they've they've dropped so significantly in defense since this new starting line. It's, it's not because of those two. I promise you that mm-hmm. it's because of one other guy, mostly. And <laughs> I think I know where you're going. Uh, it, it is Landry I mean, Shamit, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, honestly, it, it has been because of Da. Like yeah, Da's he's the anchor. Da's defense, uh, defensive rating right now in the NBA at the center position is not very good, and it's not where the the norm has been. Um, and he's he's been deficient defensively. He's been out of position a couple times, and if you're the anchor. Um, listen, the rest of that chain's got to be solid. Otherwise, that boat's fucking floating off. Mm. And that's what's happened too many times. He's been floating off way too many times away from the paint when his guy's not a threat on the perimeter or his guy's not even um, in a position to where you need to be pulled away from the paint. So you don't have that rim protector back there. You don't have somebody that can uh, be strong on the boards as well. So you're giving other teams more opportunities at the basket. Like, Everything hinges on DA, especially when campaign uh, Chris Paul is not there. Because Chris Paul is, you know, if, if DA is the backbone, then Chris Paul is the brain. Mm, you know what I mean? Gotcha. And that's that's how this team is kind of constructed. So when you don't have Chris Paul, DA has to be both. He's right. got because he can see everything, and he just has not done a very good job this season of doing that. And so last two games, especially the fourth quarter against the Jazz and last game. Much better effort, much better all the way around defensively, and I think you saw that in the performance. But um, I think that's why the defense is, is taking a step back because he has taken a step back. Right. When, when you're missing Chris and when Jay's not around, you're missing two guys that are the veterans, the guys that are big communicators, and like you're saying, that just know where you need to be on the floor, know the rotations you need to make. And not that Mikhail and DA don't know those things, but it's different when they're kind of the point of attack in the pick and roll versus now they're directing everything. And they've got two guys that aren't typically starting, aren't typically playing this caliber of like starting caliber talent on the other team to direct as well. So I think that's part of it. Um, you know, campaign has been very good defensively this season. Tory Craig too. It's just a matter of kind of getting on the same page chemistry wise. And we saw that in the jazz game over and over. There were so many slips that just kind of went right by guys looking at each other. There was the one where Tory was like stamping his feet because he was like, what are you doing? Um, so those Tory said those kind of things can be frustrating, but they're good for you. You take it on the chin, you learn from them and you get better at that communication and hopefully the Suns are going to push it that way. I think the six games between the Philly game when Chris Paul went down and bef- the game before the Knicks game, they were dead last in first quarter defense and putting themselves in a hole. And then, you know, we saw 
them push towards the right direction. Now we need to see it consistently. Now they got to build on it against teams that are not the New York Knicks. Det Nibel in the chat said, I noticed DA was more vocal on the court against the Knicks. Mm-hmm. CP3 and Jay not being there is actually good for DA's growth. And I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need, hey, sometimes you need to get your shit kicked in for you to understand like how, how, how you need to change and adapt to the circumstances that have been presented in front of you. And DA had not done a very good job of that earlier on in the season. I hope he's kind of starting to turn a corner right now. I don't really care. Honestly, stats are cool, mm-hmm. and that's fantastic. I don't really care about stats. I care about what are you doing out there to make yourself a valuable asset to your team. Jay Crowder. You never know how the hell he's going to shoot, but you can never question Jay Crowder's ability to understand the intangibles, uh, to be in the correct position, to be a, a, an attribute to that defense and keep things flowing in the right direction. You can never question that about Jay Crowder. DA has to understand that as well. And I think when, when things are taken off his plate and he only has one or two things to have to focus on, he does very well. But right now in this season, it's it's been more, more like four or five, six things that he has to focus on, and he just hadn't done a very good job of adapting to that. In addition to however he felt about coming back to this team this season and the feels and all this other stuff, I hope he's starting to turn the corner. I I, I have faith that he will. Um, it's just again, there's a lot of stuff at play here as to why the defense had taken a step back. Oh, but- with great power comes great responsibility, right? I think we're seeing the responsibility part coming to DA now where he doesn't have those guys that he can defer to for leadership on defense. He has to take the lead there. Connor Brown says, Saul, they have stats for that, though. No, not necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, talk about, like, making sure that you're recovering in a position to help a teammate be able to actually recover to a guy that's wide open in the corner. Those small little things, you know, slapping the ball from going out of bounds or diving for a loose ball, like, you know, certain things there, there just aren't like, I know diving on the loose ball, they, they, they do keep track of that. But um, there are certain things that just come throughout the, the flow of a game, communicating with a teammate. There's no, there's no stat for that. You know, I mean, you're not going to Oh, DA said, get your ass back there right now, uh, 45 times. You know, they measure like, it in decibels. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so the hustle <laughs> things, obviously, is what we're talking about. Will mm-hmm. Reed brings up an interesting question. We've kind of dabbled into it, but I'm just going to say let's jump in. If campaign keeps playing this way, will CP3 potentially have to share some starting minutes? At some I'm, I'm gonna say it like this. I'm gonna say it like, um, like my my favorite Wildcat of all time, Steve Kerr said, when Judd Bushler and him were talking about Michael Jordan coming back, and Steve says, "Does does Michael come off the bench?" And Steve Busher said, generally, as a rule of thumb, if you have your statue outside the stadium, you don't come off the fucking bed. <laughs> and to me, generally, as you're, if you're a, hall of, a no doubt Hall of Famer and you haven't done anything egregious enough to be sitting the bench, you don't sit the bench. You don't do that to Chris Paul. That's not mm-hmm. happening. Um, if, they, if they bench Chris Paul, it's because Chris Paul said, I think this is in the best interest of our team. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that happening. Not not in a selfish way. I just think that Chris Paul still feels like he has something to give. And deservedly so. You have to give him that opportunity. I don't care if he goes over the next 820. He's earned that respect in the league for you to keep throwing him out there in the starting lineup. Yeah, I'm already preemptively dreading when that column 
is written by somebody. Um, Pretty sure somebody it's going to happen. If, if, oh, if, it's if already he has it, I know exactly who's going. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's I know all, exactly who's going to. He's already working oh, on I, it. I think he just um, said Colt McCoy should start over over Kyler Murray. He's already so. got he's already got one under his belt. He's ready. <laughs> um, but I will say, like, I I think there is obviously something to campaign starting. He's talked a lot about how he gets in a better rhythm when he is starting and gets to play through his mistakes, something that early in his career he didn't really get to do. He would get pulled whenever he made a mistake. Um, and, you know, if we could pull up the graphic, Monty has said some glowing things about the trust that they've been able to establish. He said he's gotten to a place with us, with me, where there's a trust level now. He's had this time now with Chris being out to get settled in that role. And what I don't want him to do is back off at all when Chris does come back. We want him playing the same way he's playing right now. So, like, Obviously, they're seeing the great results. They're not blind. They know what he's doing out there, but they already know that Chris is going to be starting when he comes back. Everybody knows that, and it makes sense because your highest ceiling is not with campaign as a starter and Chris Paul you know, being a super six man on a $30 million contract. Like, yeah. Look, I think it's simple. Do you trust 15 years of a track record mm-hmm. or 15 games? Right. I love campaign. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's been spectacular, but I'm – I'm going to trust the 15 years of Chris Paul as a starting point guard over the 15 games of, of campaign. I'm not even trying to hear that. What are you smirking at? Cause my man was like (laughs) off the campaign, like train, like before the season even started, he was like, well, then when they show you who they are, then you have to believe them. And I'm like, no, he can bounce back. He had one bad year. He had one and a half good seasons with us. Why can't he be the same guy as before? And he is now. Okay. One, one third of the season. Show me all three, you know, Show me two more thirds, and I'm going to believe. I'll buy in. I, but I do. I have nothing against campaign. The guy, campaign. The guy is spectacular, and his story is unbelievable. I just, you know, I, I want a title, and uh, you, you all know my stance on. I'm going to say this. That. I will say this. Based on how Chris Paul's playing, if you don't have campaign playing at a super high level, you can forget about a yeah, championship. Exactly. Right. And and that's the key, I think, for him is like, okay, campaign's been great as a starter. Now can he do it when you bring him off the bench halfway through the first? And he's basically playing with the starters. Like he's talked about, I, I feel a little bit pressured or like I'm rushed to go in and make an impact right away when I'm coming off the bench versus settling in. They need to find a way to get him to settle in when he's out there coming off the bench or when he's playing with a lot of bench guys. You know what I could see? Hmm. Them split minutes where they both play about 24 25 in a game potentially if if there's a game where cp3 struggling and campaign uh, is in a rhythm i could see monty stick with him i i i don't i don't think it would be a a one-for-one swap Mm. i don't think they would split minutes like that i could see campaign coming in beside uh, chris paul to give him some more minutes but i don't think you're ever going to see 24 24 split evenly at the point guard position or even a 28 22 or 20 split you know i just i think that's that's just not what's going to happen i i i do think that monty could stick with the campaign on games that he's hot going into those final moments i hope so i you know hopefully well he did already this season there was that one game where he normally brings campaign in at the six minute mark of the fourth and then brings chris back in at the three minute mark to close and campaign was playing well and chris told him just close with cam so chris is chris is not like this you know proud guy that has to be out there if he sees his teammate rolling like he he's willing to kind of hand over the wheel a little bit. I think we've seen that more this season. Yeah, than it's different when you do it once, though. Well, but, but, <laughs> but he's done it before too. But to but to Chris Paul's credit, like 
you can't lead by example if you're trying to hold other people back from what's best for the team, right? Yeah. And I think fair. that's part of his own leadership. Hey, and listen, guys, like we've we've all been there when we've done something, either playing with the kids or playing at the park with other people, where you realize, oh shit. I don't got it anymore. Like I, I used to be able to do this and now I can't like, um, I realized that when I was 10 and I think Chris Paul, (laughs) um, Chris Paul understands that. I I think he's starting to see that, you know, hell this injury by itself, like, damn, I used to be able to recover like that. And now it's taken me two, three weeks longer than it normally would. So, um, you know, I, I, I do love the fact that it feels like this team's mentality is in the right place. And that's because you have guys like Chris Paul on the toe. We did get a super chat yeah. oh, that's I right. want to get to here before we move on. Uh, it, it's Jeff says, is it safe to say we miss uh, kill a cam than CP3? Also, can we pay Shaq to come in and teach GA how to be dominant and center in the NBA, please? Okay, unless Shaq can teach him how to uh, how to grow two or three more inches <laughs> and and bulk up like Shaq did, Shaq was just a different beast physically. Dude, I, I, when people talk about Da and Shaq, I want to pull my hair out. <laughs> That's not the comparison. It never will be the comparison, and it it never was the comparison. Shaq was phenomenal because of his physical traits and abilities, mm-hmm. right? Um, but his fundamentals. We're not the greatest. No, and like, he's lazy he, at times. Yeah, so you can't really put him in that category. To me, Da is much much better suited to become like a David Robinson or a Hakeem Olajuwon because he needs to build those skill sets, and those are more attainable than just growing and being a physical force. Like, if you just go back and watch rookie Shaq. And you will completely be like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Because that dude was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's, yeah, totally different types of players. I, I see kind of like a Patrick Ewing a little bit as far as the mid-range touch and that type of thing. Um, like Pat. Yeah, but it's it's they're just different skill sets, different mentalities as well. And DA, to be fair, had a very good game last night. Like I know the free throws stood out. But at least he was getting there. Like, yes, and that's what yes. we like. He's not going to shoot one for five from the free throw line most nights. Yeah, that's an exception, not the rule. Exactly. So he's a 75% shooter, which is good. It's good for a guy his size. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll take that. But we just need to see him get there more. I loved when he was putting the ball down, spinning, uh, creating contact, and going up into the bat. Like, those are the types of things that you love to see. So, again, just like the rest of the starting five, pushing towards that consistency we saw it against a bad team that's the knicks now let's see it against well the lakers are also a bad team on tuesday <laughs> but in the future like let's, let's see, see it the build, next time we play a good team like <laughs> let's build on that and, and like you know we, we've seen it with a lot of these guys like campaigns averaging 19 and 6 on like 45 44 shooting splits like he's been really good um and this will be good this will benefit them in the long run too that's one thing that they've talked about is like yes we've lost a couple of close games and yes campaign has made some mistakes but monty pulled him aside at practice after the jazz game and was telling him like why don't hang your head like this is going to be good for us in the long term just let plays develop slow it down and we'll improve from here and just to be clear like the the shack compares yeah shack was phenomenal and he 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 got away with a lot of things in terms of his fundamentals. And and yes, he was a skilled basketball player. I'm not trying to take that away from him. Mm-hmm. But some things you can do at 7'1", 300, that you can't do at 6'11", 240. Like, you just can't. Also, let's 
let's be real. In today's NBA and all the flopping and all the charges and all the, you know, you take one elbow to to a chest and somebody's dead. Um, <laughs> Different like game. Shaq, Shaq probably would have been in foul trouble a lot more than he was now. <laughs> also, he had like a size 38 foot. I mean, like, right. yeah, of course his footwork was phenomenal because guys had to stand like five feet away from him just to get around <laughs> it. Right. He's a, he was a physical and athletic marvel, like just yeah. unbelievable yeah. touch and skill for a guy that size. Like that type of combination is not something that we see ever yeah i've I've stood next to shack i've stood near da there's no comparison Uh, in physical specimens uh bootsy in the chat was saying uh i've always thought da's passing has been underrated i agree agree. bootsy i I think is uh, boost boost excuse me is new in the chat so welcome welcome uh, to but i i've enjoyed your comments but that one i think is is fair as well uh, you know what I think is phenomenal and what I, I think I need in my life oh, more? Uh, well, I was going to say DA uh, performing like he did, but I'll also go, oh, Jesus. Okay, well, there you no, go. Actually, I was going to say, oh, geez. I just want to give it to you. Uh, Uji. Uji's. Uji's. Can Lindsay come back and host this thing? <laughs> I, I'm so out of rhythm with it. Uh, OG's is, has been spectacular for us. Uh, you know, they've been a great partner. And I got to tell you, I told this story last week, but at a friend's giving, I took one of the sativas. Mm-hmm. And, and it, uh, so you took a little half of you. I, I, I took a half. <laughs> I took a half. I shared it with another uh, coworker. I'm not going to out that coworker. That's their own business. But I shared it. Uh, our, uh, our producer was kind enough to, to give it to me a sativa and it changed uh my my experience of the party it was spectacular <laughs> usually i sit in the corner i'm like i don't want to be wow, talked to wow and Jesus. i no. actually talked to people no, i had fun uh, it was a I good time tolerate all of you assholes. you're not a completely different OGs. person when you take ogs oh, we, I, that's not what's happening no, i was, literally took half of an ogs and within 30 minutes i looked at saul and i was like he's a goner yeah <laughs> he's out for I, I had a good i had a good time mm. it was it was nice i'm not saying I'm not saying it, it, it like all of a sudden I was, you know, you Saul or anything, but no, I, I, I was OGs. less, I was less anxious than I usually Guys, am. I'm telling you, like one of my favorite experiences was going to summer league with the, my man right here <laughs> and we took an OGs and we watched basketball and Espo was just like, how much time is left in this? <laughs> I, I, like, I got lost walking the concourse. <laughs> he it's a circle. All the way around the concourse and came back and was like, oh, you're here already? I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? It was so much fucking fun. It was awesome. Like, it's just good times. And it doesn't make you feel like fucking, like, you're not tripping balls or anything like that. No. Just, it's just nice. It's, it's a nice, relaxed. good feeling. It relaxes you. You just... You're just vibing, baby. That's all it is. As always, you can find OGs at your local dispensary. You must be 21 and older to enjoy, but we highly recommend it. They are fantastic with us. And you know what also is fantastic? The Game Time app. Mm -hmm. You can All these other ticket services having all sorts of problems right now. You see it in the headlines. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's embarrassing for them. Game Time is just fast, secure, reliable. It's what I like to get my tickets on. And if you wait till the last minute, that's okay because you actually could save up to 60% off of that face value. I know you used it this weekend, so didn't Yeah, you? I went to the U of A game, bought eight tickets for $96, and I was the That's 11th row up from in the corner of the end zone. Uh, it was fantastic. It was. I bought too many tickets, so I ended up giving <laughs> some away because I was like, damn, $8? 
done. Well, $96 is like the service charge on most other yeah. ticket oh, yeah. apps. Yeah. Like you sent like, you sent that picture and I was pissed that I didn't say, Hey, can I have one of those three tickets yeah. you were offering? <laughs> yeah. It was an unbelievable view. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was a great time. So well, so, it was a great time all the way until we got our ass kicked. Yeah, well, the losing sucks, yeah. but you but know. the money was good, <laughs> and the the app is phenomenal. If you want to take uh, take somebody to a game, get tickets for yourself, whatever the case may be, use that link in our description. Game time app. It is what you need to get good deals. We got to talk about this next thing, just because we've talked about it every other time it's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, TMZ Sports came out with a report today. Oh, no. Devin Booker oh, and Kendall no. Jenner respo- reportedly split up over their busy schedules. How did this just become an issue? Have yeah. they, haven't they always had busy schedules? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 a tough one to to understand. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. It, they both are very, very, very insanely busy people. So, why? Well, I mean, didn't she? She launched a tequila company in the last year or so. Oh, yeah, so yeah, maybe that added tequila. So maybe that added so awesome. to it. I, I haven't tried it, does so any, I can't speak. No, so, no, no celebrity tequila is worth drinking. I'm I'm just I don't think I'm she's making it in, you know, herself either. I don't think. No, but I, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Celebrity yeah. tequilas are just watered down versions of shit. I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm a tequila purist. I'm gonna disagree. But I'm a tequila purist. <laughs> I'm gonna disagree with that one because I. It's because you're 21. That's why. <laughs> Pipe down, little little who, person. Who is your uh, celebrity tequila that hey, you endorse? Pro folks there. who talk about tequila. She has had a tequila drink now, okay? So she would like to speak <laughs> on the issue. <laughs> she just oh, threw Emma. her headset down. Hey, come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> oh, we're getting the double bird now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Wait, wait. Tell, tell us what your thoughts were there, Emma. What, what were we going to say? I can't have anything nice. <laughs> what is this celebrity tequila you prefer? Is it yes. Paris Hilton's? What are we talking about? God no, help I you if you just... say The Rock's tequila. I swear. Ew. Thank you. No, no I, I did try Kendall's tequila, and I I will agree with you. So certain tequilas like that celebrities endorse mm-hmm. and release, fucking dog water. It's nasty. Oh. Kendall's? Yeah. It tasted like just normal, like well tequila. I wouldn't okay. say that it okay. was like the best tequila I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Gilbert in the chat says uh, Clooney's one is yum. You know what we should do? We should do a celebrity tequila taste test. Oh yes, oh, there we go. I love it. Now we're talking. We get, we okay, go. we'll there do we a celebrity go. celebrity tequila taste. When's the next road game? Uh, it's not for a while. Okay. I think they play. F- they play Tuesday and Friday at home, and then either the next one or the one after that. Five the next if, sa- if Saturday is the road game, we will do oh, yes. a celebrity tequila taste oh, testing in the pregame Let's or postgame. We'll one decide. tequila, two tequila, but three tequila, Maybe four. I should DM uh, Kendall and say, hey, can we get a case? It's Monday. Hey, hold on. <laughs> oh, the let's, next one's a Monday. Let's not slide into Kendall's DMs right now. Nobody needs that. But let's. Uh, do you think this has any impact whatsoever on book? Uh, I mean, who's who's to say? I mean, I'm sure it does a little bit. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't mean, in, I don't, I don't mean like, is is he not upset? I, I mean, is do you think this impacts basketball? Because this always gets brought up, and I know mm. that all oh, the 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 you know the curse, the Kardashian curse, the Jenner curse. I don't mean that. I just mean right. th- does when they break up, do you think it actually affects his game? I think we're all people, and I think we go through things, and and mm-hmm. we feel. A certain way it just depends again we don't know the intimate details of their relationship we don't know if like they came to kind of the end of the road and they were like you know what we've kind of maxed this out let's just go our separate ways cool 
or if it was just like, damn, I, I, I wish we had more time together, but this is really, really hard. And I don't think we can keep this up. I, we don't know. And so to, to kind of just guess on the level of impact it could have on either person, it just wouldn't be fair. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I just don't really want to speculate on, you know, I, I hate talking about this. You only had 20 points yesterday. So right, it must have been right. that. I hate uh, that no. type of shit. And I hate the Kardashian curse type of thing. Like, like Lindsay has said best herself, like stop blaming men's oh, yeah. shortcomings for women or stop blaming women for men's shortcomings. Yeah. Like I, but and vice versa. I, I, yeah, like obviously I hope it, it does have an impact on your mental and your emotional, but like, this, you know, this I, is I, I think I, it sounded like in the article, it was an amicable thing and yeah. that they just realized like we're both really busy. So hopefully it's not something that uh, bugs them too much. And hopefully our, our boy book is doing okay. Look, I, this is Book's MVP season, and it, I think it's becoming pretty clear that he's going to have to do MVP things for this team to be in the position that that we want them to be in. So I don't think I don't think anything's going to going to affect it. Of course, that's when right the, on the porn the bots box. come into the oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, Can we can we officially? I want to put an embargo on anything Kendall Book. From now on, if they get back together, if they break up, I don't want any of it on the show. No. Can we embargo no, it? No. Well, no. fine. All right. No, because if they got married, then we, well, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Like, no, we're going to talk about it. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. It was worth a try. You know what I, we can't, we can't embargo? we can't do that to sweet baby Kendall. <laughs> you know we can't embargo? Trade talk. Uh-huh. Because trade talk makes the NBA world go round. So close. Is it Tuesday? No, it's not. No. We, we have a. Pre-game on Tuesday. Tuesday in in our hearts and minds. Uh, So Mark Stein over the weekend, uh, former New York Times writer, ESPN guy, now doing his own thing on Substack, which is a great read if you aren't subscribed Mm -hmm. to it. Uh, Talked about Jay Crowder and the trade rumors and said, okay, so that deal with Milwaukee got close but fell apart, but Atlanta is a serious contender for, uh, for Jay Crowder. Yeah, let's uh, let's bring up the graphic and read what he wrote. Oh uh, my god! Well, we won't read all of it. Uh, <laughs> Who the fuck put this on a graphic? Jay Crowder's still a son. How much longer that'll be the case? We'll see. Um, but the buzz was that Phoenix was making progress on a Crowder deal, one that would likely land him with one of his most ardent suitors in Milwaukee. But that trade didn't materialize, and it resurfaced that Atlanta remains a potential Crowder destination that should not be discounted. Um, obviously, when you bring up the Hawks, John Collins's name comes up. Uh, that was shot down by Gambo, as we've established with that new graphic that we had. Um, Don't fear the reaper. <laughs> but but league sources confirm that Utah is among the teams to express interest in John Collins, which was interesting to me. And we can he went into another graph or another section about the Jazz and what they're doing. But it basically sounds like what we suspected. Like they are not going to be trading off their guys to tank. Like they, at least not say yet. Three way, like trade. Where or? are we going? Yeah, three way. <laughs> what the fuck do you think I'm talking about, so Gerald? Still stuck on the candles. <laughs> no, 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 oh my God, no, that's not what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about three. <laughs> A three-way trade, you gross balls. Well, normally it's a three-team trade. So when you said three-way, I was like, is there any more to that? Or? I knew what I was doing, Gerald. Okay. okay. Um, 
like, yeah, it, it's something to keep an eye on. And Atlanta was one of the teams that we brought up before we started hearing rumors about where he might go because you look at that roster, it makes sense for them to get Jay. And they have a couple of guys that the Suns would obviously love to have back in that type of swap. So, you know, nothing tangible here, but A, Utah is probably not going to blow it up unless things take a huge turn south. And B, like keep an eye on Atlanta, Milwaukee, among the other teams we've talked about. I mean, any... Any scenario where we could get Jordan Clarkson and or Larry Markinen mm-hmm. yeah. and Aaron Holiday <laughs> back from oh Atlanta, dreaming is free. All so. about. So let's go. I oh, thought that's man. what we. I thought this was an exercise in dreaming right now. I'm still on the. Give me a, either Bogdanovich and I'll be all right uh, yeah, in this as well. But so news, but not really news. Eventually, we'll get to the bottom of this when James Jones finally goes enough I'm just dealing this guy right let's let's move on so. it's, a, it's, it's a tidbit it's nothing substantial but it's all we've got right now as we continue to wait for something to materialize and bring in another piece that can help this roster speaking of materializing so if I want some cash to materialize in my bank account this week is there is there a, something on the DraftKings Sportsbook app I should be looking at yes but this is not for my friend Jose Sisuwama uh, plug your ears, buddy, because this isn't going to be good. <laughs> uh, I'm taking the 49ers tonight in Mexico City. I think that's uh, they're favored by ten, oh, wow. which is kind of crazy, uh, especially considering the 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 Cardinals could have all their pieces back for for today outside of Kyler. Um, but I just I just don't see Colt McCoy beating that team. Um, I know that he beat him last year, but it's a different animal. <laughs> there he is in chat. <laughs> what you bastard? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's my pick of the week. Uh, 49ers over the Cardinals tonight. Take the points. Take take the points. Take take the money line. Whatever. Yeah, we're taking the points. points. Minus ten. I, I think they're going to win by at least ten. All right. Well, if you want to take know, the Cardinals, uh, <laughs> you you really have started some. If you guys want to keep bagging on Saul, there is a Cardinals pregame show that you can go tell them what Saul PhD's said. Tailgate is what we it call is it. The, it is the tailgate. They're pretty gaming it up for Monday night. You can continue to give Saul crap for that. But if you want to make the bet that the 49ers are going to win tonight, uh, you can download that DraftKings Sportsbook app or the now. Or the Cardinals. Or the Cardinals. If you want to make a bet that the Cardinals I mean, win tonight. I mean, if you want to lose your money, according uh, to Saul, uh, yeah, you can. Okay. <laughs> Download that DraftKings <laughs> Sportsbook app. Use the promo code PHNX. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and you're going to get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There's actually, um, oh man, I'm trying to find it real quick. Damn it. Sorry. Keep going. Is this a point, uh, a same-game parlay you're no, looking for No, no, I'm actually looking at the college basketball lines for tonight. Um, yes, I am taking Arizona, but I want to make sure that I don't get this wrong because I want to make sure that I get the points right because um, tonight they're playing in the Maui Invitational along with a lot of other teams, Ohio State, San Diego State, Arkansas, like a lot of good teams in that because that's what we do. We play good teams. Um, <laughs> they're favored by 9.5. Uh, I would take Arizona, but I would not take the points. 
Yeah. I think they'll win by less than nine. And you can stay up till like four in the morning to see yes. Mike Luke's post game show yes. for that game. That game starts at nine thirty yes. p.m. Arizona time. What they're in Maui, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so that that uh, time in Hawaii is kind of a pain in the ass when yeah, you uh, sure. when you come back here. But you could watch the Cardinals and then watch the Wildcats as well. Uh, a couple of people in the chat asking where Lindsay is. On vacation, but thank God she comes back tomorrow because this is tougher than it looks. She's still been fired. (laughs) I love that you stick with that. Uh, Any final thoughts, gentlemen, in honor of Lindsay? Come back soon. She's she's not dead. (laughs) No, but she always asks that. Oh, yeah. No, we're we're good. Uh, I'm excited to see... You know, see see campaign play some more, and also we we have some cool stuff with campaign. Uh, we actually talk to him. Yeah, coming so, up on Wednesday, yeah. you can see that interview right here on the PHNX Sports YouTube page and in our audio feed. So look for that as well. Catch uh, me outside on the PHNX tailgate here in about another hour. Well, five five p.m. If you're watching us live, otherwise you can catch it on the replay on YouTube. Brian in the chat saying Espo talking about losing money. Kaminsky Cove is trashed. It's not. I've just sublet it to Atlanta for now. So uh, that is what we have for you today. I am Espo. He is Saul Bookman. Follow him at Saul underscore Bookman on Twitter. You can follow, follow Gerald Borgay at Gerald Borgay. If you follow at Borgay Gerald, you're just going to be waiting a while for some tweets because mm-hmm. uh, there hasn't been much there. You can follow <laughs> me at Espo. And remember, it's not losing money if you love the investment. Ahoy, hoy. Hey yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, y'all always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B.